My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And indeed, it is Judd's Hockey Show on this Monday. Uh, the Wild now head embarking on a three-game East Coast a swing. Tuesday against the Islanders, Thursday against the Rangers, and Friday against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, A.J. Fredrickson along as he was last Monday as well. And A.J., I want to talk about this. So uh, the Wild had lost four consecutive games and fallen to 3-5-2. and two. Uh, loss on Thursday to the Devils, 5-3 loss, was especially uh, atrocious. They didn't play well. They tried to come back. It looked very similar to a lot of wild teams that I'd prefer not to speak of. And then <laughs> against the Rangers on Saturday, they fall behind 3-0 in that game. Philip Gustafson, three goals on four shots. Uh, it was absolutely a brutal start. And I started to wonder, I wonder if Dean Everson's job is in trouble. Because, I mean, you sort of felt like it was before that game and and then with the performance. But the Wild comes storming back for a 5-4 shootout win. Marc-Andre Fleury uh, was put into goal after the three goals against Gustafson. Played pretty doggone well. Um, the line changes finally looked like they took effect that Dean yeah. made during the Devils game. And so here's my question for you, because it's only one game and this team, this is such a weird team at times, but anyway, how confident (laughs) are you that they can use a springboard against a Rangers team that had won six consecutive games was missing some key pieces. So in fairness, they were not at full strength, but is uh, still having a very good early season. How confident are you after what you saw on Saturday uh, and the rebound that this team has hit a reset button that can uh, carry them through this upcoming Eastern swing. Like you said, it's only one game, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but that was one of those wins that I, the the tide might be shifting. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's like a tsunami wave or anything like that, but uh, it's not just a kiddie pool wave anymore. Uh, the, <laughs> the line changes look to have a little bit of an effect. Um, what Marco Rossi now has brought to that top line has made me like, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. I was upset that the wild had the day off. Like I was yearning for more Minnesota wild hockey, which over this first portion of the season, I can't really like, I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch them. And I love watching them, but I was like, dang, I, I'm really bummed out that I don't get to watch this team play today. The goaltending I think is still going to be a little suspect. So I want to see a couple more games before I maybe make a decisive statement on, on that. But, the, the top line looked great. I love what, uh, I mean, Matt Boldy's return has been great, and I expected, you know, a little bit of a buffer time to really knock the rust off because it was, what, second game of the season. He goes out, uh, now he's back, and so you're going to have to almost, like, get back up to speed in a sense. So I'm going to give him that maybe one more game before I really start cr- critiquing his play too much. But uh, the, the, the shuffling that Dean did, I think, has brought a little bit of a resurgence to the offensive aspect of this team. To your point, is his job in jeopardy? If it keeps continue, like if this is a one game wonder, then I think absolutely. But I think this is a nice little turnaround from the behind the scenes stuff that was put out and the atmosphere in the locker room. You know, Mark Andre Fleury goes, "This is a big bleep and win, boys." I, I think, I think that's one of those where it's like they they know that they feel that. I I want to see them really take this momentum and bring it out on the road here uh, as they head out east. I guess I'm a little bit. Uh curious and i know it's early in the season still but i'm a little bit curious as to why it took dean so long i mean i think i know but i don't like it to juggle lines here um kaprizov still is not right in my opinion he's still not he still doesn't look like himself uh but that 
first line with Rossi gets such a spark. And it's funny because what Rossi brings is exactly what we thought. Like he has played great. He has, um, he has improved his strength because he is just clearly a more solid guy. He's a dynamic player and Ryan Hartman has finally been slated where he belongs. And that doesn't mean he's not good. And that does not mean he's not going to contribute. He is, but these yeah. lines make so much more sense. And I don't know why it took until in the devil's game when things were again, going atrociously wrong and Dean threw up his hands and said, all right, I'll juggle these lines. Um, I'm a little bit confused as to why it took so long. Kaprizov, I'm still, I don't know if concerns the right word. I guess I'm curious when, when we're going to see Kirill because we have not seen him yet. Um, I love the Eckline now because Felino, and I don't know why, and this is sort of an indictment on Marcus, but he just plays so much better with Eck. Erickson Eck and Felino. Um, Maroon is a far more skilled player than I thought, but I love the grit and the toughness that that line brings it's I think it's the grief line, but better because I actually like Maroon more than Greenway because I think Patty Maroon is more consistent. Hartman yeah. now is slated into a really good, good spot. So these lines make sense. Rossi to me is just a huge story because I mean, what he brings now and if Kaprizov, if, and when he takes off, man, that combination could be a whole hell of a lot more special than Zuccarello and Kaprizov have been in recent times. And the thing that I really liked about what, what Dean did as well was Zuccarello being taken off the top line and the top power play. It is high time. And he scored on Saturday and good. If you can motivate him, awesome. But AJ, I was really, really happy to see, uh, see Dean finally put his foot down and say, you aren't bringing enough on the line, the top line, and you certainly aren't bringing enough on the power play. And he definitely is taking a chance because there's five forwards on that first power play now. But these were the type of moves I think you could have made a week ago or oh, more. Definitely. Easily. We called for some of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you, and you gave love to the top two lines, and I think rightfully so. But I want to give a little love to the maybe the revenge line or something like that because Hartman and Zuccarello, they get bumped off that top line. Now they're with Johansson. That line, over nine minutes of ice time, they generated the most expected goals for against the Rangers and the least expected goals against. So not only were they good offensively, but defensively the, the statistics backed it up as well. So those guys, whether it's that motivation that they needed to really bring their game up to another level, or if that is just, you know, now they're clicking and they're like, okay, well, now I'm not saying that uh, not playing with Kirill is like the motivation they needed, but it's uh, it, it's nice to see those guys get mm -hmm. bumped and demoted in a sense, but they're, they're almost performing better now. Uh, so that's a nice little kick in the shorts. Um, to your point on, on Kirill, the word that I have been using when talking with my dad, when, you know, we'll, we'll, we discuss the games is like, I'm perplexed about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what is wrong because he, you're right. He doesn't look like Kirill Kaprizov. I, there's flashes of it at times, the quick release or when he's uh, skating around the outside of the, the, the zone, maintaining possession and whatnot. But, it's just, it's not, the movement at times does not look like what we've seen the past couple of years. I don't want to throw out that maybe a health thing is there, but that's the only thing, like, is there anything lingering? What, like, what is going on here? Because I don't think he is, it's not like he just lost his talent. This is not Space Jam. He's still Kirill Kaprizov. So 
Um, I'm, I want to just chalk it up in a hopeful mind that it's early in the season. He's a slow starter, you know, because some right. guys just are that, you know, we trying to do about, too much. I mean, yeah, I don't know. About, Perplex is a great word. Yeah. Like Carlos Correa, he's a slow starter every season and he yeah. ends up being really darn good. I really hope that this is maybe the case. I'd rather him turn it on sooner than later, but if it takes him, a, a, you know, a month or so, and then it's, you know, lights out, that's fine. We'll deal with it. I'll push through the weeds in the meantime, but I want to see at least like a little bit of a stretch here of Kirill Kaprizov being at that top level that we've seen over his tenure so far. I'm yet to see him at any point in time this season take over a game completely, and he can do it, and he's done it, and that's what's missing. And look, I, I mean... I think he would acknowledge this. He is held to a high, high standard for a reason because we've seen what what he can do. Uh, to your point, with the edging and the skating and and the stick handling and just a bunch of ridiculous things that this guy does. And yeah, there's flashes, but they're very brief. They're glimpses, and he's got points. Um, but he's not here just to have points. He's here to dominate. Like that. That's what makes him a superstar. And right now, it doesn't look like he is that player and it's just odd um the guy i want to give credit to on the blue line from saturday though because this is a great story brock favor man how about that game on set how about that pass to set up the quick goal uh by eck um he's doing things speaking of stars he's doing things that star defensemen do and we're not talking like jared spurgeon jared spurgeon's a solid player who's very smart and works his ass off Brock Faber is making plays that, you know, upper echelon Norris trophy candidates make. Um, and, and there have been, and I think we talked about this last week, there have been some rough moments because he's being asked as a rookie to do things that Spurgeon would ordinarily be asked to do or veterans. Yeah. So, so I'm not here to anoint him as Bobby Orr, but I am here to say that what we saw on Saturday from him was extremely impressive and that goal he set up was an absolute gorgeous setup um and you don't take that for granted yeah that play was i mean that's stuff that a guy that his age with how green he is should not be making the composure to like he's seeing it in that sense in a full 180 span because he has the, you know, the, the right side where the puck comes to him, but he knows exactly where his teammates are. So he's able to, in that split second, like you can slow it down and, you know, you can say, okay, that's the obvious pass in hindsight, but with the game, how, how fast the NHL level moves to make that in maybe a, a three foot drift, essentially for him, hit it on the tape and set up that goal. Wow. Um, yeah, he's, there's been a, cu- a couple low lights. Cause like you said, what they're being, what he's being asked of is almost like a all-star level defenseman, yep. a Norris level type guy uh, night in, night out, just given their health circumstances right now. But the thing is he's rising to the occasion more often than he's falling away from it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to kind of what the potential and the ceiling a guy like Brock Faber has. So I'm excited as the season progresses, how quickly each th- ceiling kind of keeps getting burst open. So he finds that new level. Um, but yeah, so far it's just, I mean, he's been nothing short of spectacular. Yes. And and like he has, he has the talent of, of a guy that is probably not this season, but at some point in time soon is going to be a Norris trophy candidate. Yeah. And, and that's high praise. I mean, that's mm-hmm. McCarr, that's Fox, that's Carlson, but he's old. But my point is <laughs> like, when you see what Brock can do as a rookie 
And and when you consider that he stepped into a playoff series in a league where the playoffs are extremely, extremely, you know, it's a different game from what we're seeing right now. And to play the way he played, um, I don't know if I said this to you or Dex, I think the Fiala trade is going to end up being a steal for the wild. Like, I think we're going to look back on that trade and say, yeah, you know what? Kevin Fiala, great to have a scorer. But I think Bill Guerin, and there, there have been missteps too by Billy, but I think this one, we're going to say, oh my God, I had no idea that, that despite the fact he played in our backyard, I had no idea that this kid was going to be this good. Um, and the progression is just starting. Like you can see his game being going up and up and up. So I am super excited. And I think to have a defenseman like that is really a rarity. I mean, this team has not had, in my opinion, many just upper upper echelon defensemen and Faber looks like he is at least going in that direction yeah you're gonna have some people that's you know probably still cling to I want I would have wanted Fiala I'd rather have the scorer but the thing is having Kevin Fiala is like having a Corvette it's fun to drive when it's you know you're in Minnesota you get it for four months out of the year you can hop on 35w and you're cruising and everything like that but the gas mileage filling up to getting to the tank and everything like that. Getting the defenseman is like having insurance. It's like having health insurance. You pay it and it's just, it's there. You're, you're paying and blah, 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 but then you break your leg. And then that copay is only like 50 bucks and everything else is covered. The deductible's low. And you're like, wow, thank goodness. I had that health insurance. That's what Brock Faber is going to be. And plus he's going to bring what we saw that offensive talent. Like it's not, I don't think he's going to be a Kale McCarr level offensive player on the blue line, but he has shown that he can have that potential and that ability. So he's going to do it both in the offensive zone and in the defensive zone. And I think that's going to work wonders for the wild. He's got the mitts, baby. When you got the mitts, you got the mitts. Um, <laughs> so I, I got a question uh, for you also about the blue line. Yeah. And I, and I want to know if this is something I'm overstating and just seeing now, or if you've picked up on, on this too. When did Jake Middleton become an offensive threat? I don't remember seeing Jake Middleton like every game now. He's he scored a few goals. Mm-hmm. He's coming down the slot. I don't even know if it's smart or not. I'm not I'm not here to pass judgment on that. <laughs> but have, have you but I mean with Spurgeon, I always perceived him as sort of the stay-at-home, like really solid defenseman. And at times the funny thing is this: at times the defense has not been solid at all, but it, it's I don't know if it's because Spurgeon's out or because Jake has added this to his game, but am I wrong in saying that we have never seen this version in the offensive zone of Jake Middleton before this season? I don't I just don't think it's been his his role in in past years because in past years he's or let's say last year most of the time he was paired up with uh, Jared Spurgeon on that top pairing. That second yeah. pairing was going to be Brodeen and Dumba. That was Dumba's role. He's going to go into the offensive zone because, frankly, if he gets caught back with Brodeen up to, uh, driving in, the Wild are hung out to dry. And now, with him out, he's going to have Dakota Mervis, who he's paired up with. So, um, Jared Spurgeon still to come back. Matt Dumba is gone. So, you're having that Brock Faber uh, Brodeen pairing. Both those guys can kind of move up. And I've seen Brock Faber do so more than Brodeen. But now that with this Mermis uh, Middleton pairing, I think Middleton's going to say, "Hey, and, and maybe this is Dean or something along the lines." But the, the scheme is: if you want to move up, feel free. 
because, and frankly, I haven't been let down. Like, I'm not expecting a lot because it's Jake Middleton, and I frankly did not know. I didn't know he had this. this. That's but what I'm saying. It's, 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 I don't, it, you know, it's, you had, you have your cell phone, and then all of a sudden, two years into having it, you find this one little feature that makes your life easier for whatever reason. So it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. He's got the offensive app. <laughs> exactly. He's he, nice, he like, where, where does app come from? It was the off season update. He had to get a software boot. Um, yeah. So it's, I'm, I get a little excited when I see it because it's Jake Middleton. Like, why is he streaking down the slot looking for a pat? Why is he driving hard to the outside? Like leaning in on the defenseman, working his way to the goal. This is like, it's interesting. I want to see where this goes. And I haven't seen it as too much of a liability yet. And maybe that's just because they picked the right spots for it. And I was going to say, it might be for all him, I know. But yeah, but, uh, but I've noticed that where Jacob Middleton is just charging headfirst in the offensive zone, like with a purpose, not just because he's moseying down there. He's, he's going down there to create offense. All right. Here's a statement. I'm worried about Philip Gustafson. And I know that they absolved him, you know, which is which is hockey talk, right? After the uh, win on Saturday, gave up three goals on four shots. Um, you know, I think Faber said, we have to do a better job. We hung him out to dry. I think Dean said at least two of the goals were not his fault. And if it was one bad game, I'd be like, okay, you know, I'll buy this. Uh, but it's not one bad game. And and Flurry did come in and play well, but Flurry, uh, they, they 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 buttoned down the defense quite a bit there as well. The goaltending has not sparked a lot of confidence from me. And the Gustafson thing is way more concerning to me than Flower because Flower is a backup. Like that's his role. He's what, 39 going on, yeah. I I think late this month. Um, his his role is defined now. Gustafson was signed to the extension. He got the shutout against Florida on opening night. He is your 1A. He is your number one. And I, I'm not sure about you. I don't know if you can talk me down or not, but I have grown concerned because when you have games like he did on Saturday and you're not playing well already, it can really, really tear away at your confidence. And I always get concerned when that becomes an issue for a goaltender. I'm with you. I am a little, I wouldn't say that I'm fully concerned, but I, I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm, I'm not sounding the alarm yet, but I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I'm concerned. It's like, statistically, he's the like worst goalie in the league right now. And it's, it's close, but, and I, yeah, and I, it's... and I hate saying that because it's been some really bad starts at times. Like ugh, this weekend was just, I mean, almost turn the channel type bad for the first four shots, but. I I would like to believe that it's not a one season wonder for him. You know, I I want to hope that just one start against a halfway decent club where he, you know, stops 34 of 35 shots and they win three to one or something like that is enough to get the confidence booster because for a goaltender and, you know, it, goaltenders are, they're weird human beings. And it's so meant it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's such a mental game back there to where, like you said, if, these these starts with how bad it's been so far and how rocky the waters have been, it can creep into your mind and then it kind of buries itself in there. Like hmm, maybe I am not that good. Maybe right. maybe it was a fluke last season. Maybe I am uh, just Swiss cheese and a thirty nine year old is going to come in and steal my starting job. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Which we don't want. No, and that's the thing. You can't. You, you, you can't, can't ask have that. that. You can't ask that because Flower 
like you said, he's 39. He just, he can't, I think he, we've seen that he has the talent to still be a good goaltender, but he doesn't have it to do it on a starting basis. In my opinion, he's like, he's right. just so uh, he's at the age where you, you need him in a, like a solidified backup role And Gustafson needs, he needs a get right game. And I, I mean, let's look. Well, and he needs, and, and look, look, the team has to play. We, we could talk about this. The team yeah. has to play better, I would guess, in front of him. Mm-hmm. But he also needs to stand on, on his head. Like, I mean, he got that contract to be your goaltender. Um, and it can't just always be, well, he was screened on that one. Well, he was, I mean, at some point in time, um, especially on the PK, guess what? You've got to be your team's best player. I, that's a cliche for a reason. So I'm just starting to, I, I'm concerned because we have seen a lot of goaltenders have one great season and then they start to tail off and it takes a while to get it back. And this team really can't afford that now. And I think what we did see now, now I will say this, and it's sort of a self indictment. What we saw from the wild against the Rangers after they went down three zip was a style of play that we need to see now repeated again and again and again. And it was high intensity. It was good. But I thought that the, that's that sort of indicted themselves as to the sort of crap we've been getting, you know, mm-hmm. like like this is what we need to see now. This is the type of engagement like that's what you're that was very impressive. The Rangers are a good team and the wild was moving and the wild was possessing the puck. And I mean, it got to be it looked like the wild was a superior team. So like how much can you repeat that? But, you know, for all of those and De- Dex, you know, brought this up. I think it was two weeks ago now. Is this just not that good of team? Well, the team that we saw on Saturday that came back to win looked like a damn good, good team. Can you repeat that again and again and again? And if you can't, why not is the question to me. Yeah, they, they the, the play up front needs to be better. Um, when you look at, he's, he's right now second in the league for goals against as a goalie so far. He only trails Mackenzie Blackwood, which the winless Sharks, I you know, you'd expect that. Uh, yeah, but don't, di- yeah. But, but the problem oh. there is Mackenzie oh. Blackwood with 31 goals against has a negative 3.6 goals uh, saved above expected. Phil Gustafson is mine, uh, negative 6.7, almost double that. Ooh. Like it is not, Ooh. it's not close. Ooh. Like he's letting in goals and a lot of them are mainly his fault is the issue here. Um, almost on the opposite spectrum, Jonas Johansson with Lightning He's allowed 26, but he saved five and a half more goals than what's expected against him. That's that's the difference here between some of these goalies that are. And he's a backup. Exactly. Performing well, but what, we, what we're seeing with Gustafson, I, it's what, I don't want to say it because you're not supposed to, but does he just have the yips here to start the season? Is, is that what this is where it's just a, he's just so inside of his head, he's put himself in his own back pocket to where he just can't, you know, he, he just can't get his out of it right now. His confidence is shaken. His yeah, confidence is shaken. There's, there's no question about that. Like, yeah, he, I, yes, they didn't play well uh, to open the game on Saturday, but you can't tell me that all three of those goals go in if he is if he is playing where he was last year. They don't. No. Now, maybe mm-hmm. one of them does. Maybe two of them. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a, it's a definite concern because the last thing that this team can afford is to come out hightailing it look good and give up a couple crappy goals. And to your point, you're exactly right. Mark Andre Fleury can't, you can't just flip it. You can't just be like, okay, flower, you're the guy now. Um, 
I guess you could do it for a week or so, but he's too old to do that consistently. To, to think that to think that's fair would be a, a mistake. And it sounds like Jesper Wallstead is going nowhere because they want him to spend another season in Iowa. So, which I think is the right move. What are the alternatives? I I have no problem with that. I do think that you might have to be prepared to make a change though that, to get a goaltender from elsewhere then. Yes. Or unless you think unless you think the other kid with the Iowa Wild is set. I know that they've got another goaltender down there, yeah. but I'm just saying you can only do this for so long and the stats that you just gave me are um are definitely concerning. So Mm-hmm. absolutely all right we are uh, done age thanks much we'll be back uh with another jhs on wednesday it will be me declan and jesse pierce at which point in time we'll talk about what the wild is doing from a lame standpoint of their post-game award to players are you serious how boring we'll talk about that and much more